This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of That Millwall Podcast. Today, uh, I've got a couple of the regular panellists to discuss um, the well a preview of Blackpool on Friday. Uh, we're joined tonight by the one and only Joe Zampa. Joe, how are you? Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? You good? Not too bad. Not too bad. Finally, just getting over the weekend, but um, that's, another, that's another matter. And we're also joined by Ben. Ben, my um, Wigan companion. How are you? Slightly less depressed than when we last spoke, mate. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, slightly less depressed than then. But um, yeah, no, I'm all right, mate. All good. Thank you. Excellent. Um, as I say, we're we're previewing the Blackpool away fixture on Friday. As of recording, the Lions are sitting in seventh spot, missing out on the playoffs on goal difference. Um, the games in hand for Blackpool and West Brom, sorry, Blackburn and West Brom, haven't been played yet. So um, there's been no change in the table since uh, the, re- the weekend's results. Uh, firstly, Joe, um, obviously moving on from the weekend, but it's hard not to not to carry that into Saturday. Um, what would you be expecting different on Friday from what we saw from the Lions against Wigan? Yeah, again, you know, it's hard to not sort of dwell on the past too much. And, and we kind of promised ourselves before this that we weren't going to discuss it too much. But, yeah, it has left a real kind of sour taste in, in our mouths. You know, just when you think it couldn't get any worse, we then lose, um, obviously, the game. I mean, I spoke to um, Chris on our show before this. And, you know, although Chris was probably more optimistic than I was about getting a result, I knew it'd be a tough game. You know, we're going to sort of put some decent results together. Don't give many, many goals away. They, they do pick up some wins as well and in some ways probably better form than, than what we're in. So um, it, it hasn't come to a, a complete shock to me, but I was gutted obviously with the, with the result and um, yeah, it, it certainly kind of ruined, uh, ruined my weekend. Um, but going forward, you're just hoping to see a bit more positivity, really. You, you're, you're looking for a reaction from the players. You're looking for them to bounce back uh, and show something different. I mean, they, they definitely lack desire um, against Wigan, you know, both teams needed to win, um, but you would have thought that Wigan were a team that are trying to get into the playoffs and, and we're the ones trying to fight relegation because they, we just lacked confidence and they seem to play with loads of confidence. Um, so against Blackpool, we need to be on the front foot. We need to be attacking them. We need to sort of take risks um, and, and go at them. But again, 
I think Blackpool are very similar situation as Wigan are. They've won two of the last three games. Um, they beat Wigan, you know, a couple, couple of games ago, three games ago. So they're not a terrible side either. They've got a new manager now, Matt McCarthy is no longer there. Um, and they certainly playing with a little bit more positivity. They're looking to get results and looking to get wins. And um, as sorry as I am to, to say it, I think it's going to be a bit of a repeat of the uh, the Wigan game. It could probably work out even worse for us if um, Blackpool get an early goal and get their tails up. You know, it could be a 2-0, 3-0 loss. So I hope it doesn't happen. But, you know, that's just the way I'm feeling at the moment, unfortunately. It, it's really difficult, isn't it, to, to get out of that frame of mind when off of the back of such a poor result and knowing how it's in many ways, it's a very similar game. Team that need to win to survive at home in front of their, their sort of willing supporters. You know, it, it's, it's very hard to, to see any other result. Um, ben, obviously, Joe touched on there that the Blackpool have won two of their last three. Three points from safety. And I believe the way that the fixtures work out that Huddersfield don't play their game in hand until next week. So they'll go into the fixture uh, three points from safety. It is going to be very similar to that Wigan game, isn't it? Well, <clears throat> look, if it is, we're in for a long afternoon, as, as Joe just said. But the way I'm looking at it is we can't be as bad as that. Um because it was as bad as we've seen in recent weeks. I went into Wigan Saturday full of optimism, purely based on the performance against Birmingham. I know we obviously didn't get the result that we wanted, but I thought at least, again, if we created that many chances in that game, that, that we'd be all right. <clears throat> My issue now is it was such a, a bad result, and I, I touched upon it in our preview of the Wigan game and in our review of the Wigan game, that I just feel like mentally, I think for everyone, the club as a whole, it might have just knocked the stuffing out of us a little bit. Um, I know Rowett want, wanted to see a reaction from the Birmingham game and it was anything but. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Joe on this one. I, I, I'm struggling to go into it with, with any confidence, to be honest. And as you know, mate, that's not been like me in recent weeks. I've been Mr Positivity. So, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, not looking forward to Friday night. Basically, since you've turned positive, Millwall's performances have gone out the window. So we've got someone to we've got someone, we've got to, someone to, to to blame. I think the interesting fact is obviously you know West Brom and Blackburn are yet to play, so we don't really know what position in the league we're we're going to be in before the game. Uh, you know, obviously we don't know what's coming um, as we're recording this, so it's almost as if I think regardless of what happens in those games in hand, a win on Friday would put us back in the top six, I believe may only be on goal difference and obviously with everybody else to play. So if the results don't go in our favour, yes, it probably had a little bit more sort of um, a downbeat attitude towards the games. But if the results do go in our favour, as Rao alluded to last week, we wanted to see a spring in our step when we had a chance going into the Wigan game. We didn't see it. We may get another opportunity at that. They really have to take that opportunity if that if that's what they're presented with, Joe, don't they? Yeah, hundred percent. I think you know nothing less than a win is what what's needed. I don't think we could go there, try and get a point, and expect you know everything to go our way and then end up you know trying to beat Black Blackburn to um, to go. I don't think four points is quite quite enough. No. So I think six points is what we need. We need maximum at the moment to stand any chance. And that's still with point. That's still with other results going our way and helping us out a little bit. Because you like to think there's going to be a couple of other teams that will be dropping points over the next sort of um, couple of weeks, I guess. 
Um, but you're absolutely right. We, we've got to go in there and we've got to go all guns blazing. We need a reaction. We need to get a win and um, hopefully set it up for a lovely grand finale um, for the last game of the season at home to, to Blackburn. And, and it could be a game where we have to win or we have to draw or whatever that you know, guarantees our, our place um, in that in that sixth spot. But, you know, once again, we, we, you know, we, we've been here so often with, with Millwall, you know, and... Um, it, I don't know whether it's a, a, a mindset. I mean, it could, it could be like mentally in, in the players' minds. Um, that's the reasons why we can't seem to kind of get ourselves up for these sort of games. Because you think they should be up for it. You don't mm-hmm. need a lot of encouragement, do you? Um, is it a lack of motivation from Gary Rowett? Is he not the motivator type? You know, is he not a, a Neil Harris type of manager, which he isn't, uh, where you probably need something like that in the dressing room, you know, at, at the beginning of the game, and you know, at halftime, give him a, a bit of a rally up, you know? So um, it's difficult to sort of say really how, how it's going to pan out, but you know nothing but a win is going to be good enough. Unfortunately, we need to get a win. You know, a draw, although it, it wouldn't be a loss, it still wouldn't be good enough in, in my eyes. Anyway, I think we'll uh, we'll come back onto the the players and the mentality shortly. Um, ben, I'm going to stick with your positivity, and I'm going to give you a, a reason for hope, um, if if we can call it that. Blackpool have conceded the most goals, I think, jointly with QPR this year i believe that's correct so they obviously do concede a lot of chances in the games that that they're involved in wigan aside we've created a lot of opportunities over the last month or so obviously without hitting the target or failing to score as many goals as we'd like if we're coming up against a team that's clearly shaky at the back if we can if we can create the number of chances that we did against Birmingham against Hull surely we, we must be able to find the back of that at least at least once yeah and, and again just looking at their previous game against Birmingham it seemed like it was quite an open game just I know we don't like the XG figure but Birmingham had an, a higher XG than Blackpool um, it looked like they had over 20 shots, Birmingham. So, again, if you look at the performance that we put in against them, and I know you can't compare apples for apples strictly, but if you do, we we obviously perform pretty well against Birmingham, as I keep saying. So, <clears throat> it seems like they are quite leaky at the back. I think they're going to need to be to stand us any chance of scoring the way we're going at the minute. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we can hold on to that glimmer of hope, I guess, if they're being the worst record in the league defensively. I think it's interesting just to, to come off the back of what Joe said earlier. Wigan are a side that don't concede many goals. It, it is a fact. And if they didn't have, I know they had a few points deducted, I believe. Um, not not too many, but enough that's obviously put them in, in, in a bit more danger. Their defence didn't suit us really because they don't concede as many goals. We thought it might be a lot more open than what it actually was for us as an attacking sense. Whereas Blackpool, if they are a team that's open, if they are a team that perhaps leak chances, the fact that they have to come and win the game as well, they're at home, it's their last chance in front of their supporters to perhaps save their season. I know we might be repeating ourselves what we hoped for on Saturday, perhaps this is the game that is the one to target for the for, for the opposition to be quite open at the back, Joe? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they tend to play a very similar formation as we do. I think it's a 4-2-3-1. Um, and going back to your point about leaking goals, I mean, they, they have leaked goals early in the season. But again, with a new management, um, a new formation, whatever, new players that, that they've kind of moved put, put in by rotating players, they've certainly kept more clean sheets recently. I think their biggest loss in recent games was 2-0 against West Brom, which is not a bad 
thing, you know, especially with West mm. Brom with their firepower and, and how, how good they can be when they're when they're on on song. So um, yeah, I mean, like 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 Ben said there, you know, maybe a, a goal might do it. I think we need more than a goal. I think that's our problem sometimes. We only score one goal, don't we? It's never quite enough. Um, I think we need to sort of go in there and, and try and score a couple of goals. So I think we're a bit suspect at the back at, at the moment as well. Since Cresswell's uh, injury and, and, and Hutchinson's come in, although Hutchinson's a great player, uh, a great servant to our club, he seems to be lacking sight of these last sort of few games. Um, I don't think he's been playing terribly, but I just think we had such a great chemistry with, with, with Cresswell playing at the back and it kind of lifted everyone. And we all seem playing really well. We seem to sort of lose that a little bit of spark in defence, so we are suspects of kind of conceding now a little bit. So um, yeah, I, I just think you know, yes, it could be more open to play four at the back rather than sort of five, which I think Wigan did, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did. So that yeah, should, yeah that should allow us to probably create one or two more chances. But again, it depends how they play with their their back four. Yeah, you know, if they're a, a very narrow back four, you almost play against four centre backs. You know, if they, if they don't want to push their full backs too high. Um, however, they need to get a win. So you could argue the longer the game stays at nil-nil, the more chance they're going to take and try and get it forward, especially being, being the home team, which might suit us again to try and counter-attack. Um, I, I guess my, my, the only thing I want to see there really is, is, is maybe a formation change. Um, you look at other teams in this league and a lot of teams tend to change formations every two or three games sometimes. And I think a lot of that is down to personnel that are available. It could be down to who they're playing against, whether it's a you know, a tough team, easy team, home and away. Whereas Rao, it seems quite regimented. Like, you know, he stuck with a 5-3-2 formation and he might go 5-2-3. But since he's gone with a back four, he's kept the same formation, the 4-2-3-1. Mm. And... Um, on occasions, if we're losing 1-0 on the 70th minute, he might chuck an extra forward, something becomes a 4-2-4 or 4-3-3, where it might be. But I mm. think he needs to start thinking about starting a new formation. Because, again, I think we, we, we've we become a little bit more found out. Ever since the Huddersfield game, when we played against um, Huddersfield, Warnock, and they had a game plan against us, didn't they? Set up very defensively. Um, Fleming was kind of man-marked that game as well. looked a little bit on, on, non-existent. And I think in the in the games leading up to now against weaker teams, we see these weaker teams set up very, very similar in a sense that they, they're kind of marking Fleming out, they're keeping very defensive, get behind the ball, and they realise that Mill can't break them down. It probably doesn't help with us lot on, on this podcast talking about how shit we are at breaking teams down, giving our, giving away our, our, our secrets here. But they're not stupid. Yeah, you know, they're more they're more on it clever than we are. Yeah, you know, they've got they've got you know, people out there scouting and Watching, watching us play, I'm sure they've worked out themselves. They've probably really realised, you know what, if you sit back, they, they can't break break us down. They, they don't have the, to do the, it. The only issue with that, Joe, is I'd say, whilst I totally agree, I think we need a change and a change of formation is probably the obvious answer. Mm. Do we have the personnel to be able to do that now? Because if we go to a three or five at the back, we haven't got another centre-half to be looking at George Evans coming in who's barely kicked the ball all year. And mm. then we still have that issue of who's going to be the second striker up top. I know we can yeah. make an argument for probably Burke and, and um, maybe Vogie and, and obviously Fleming, but I just think the personnel at the minute, the personnel we've got available, we, we might struggle to do it. So that may, may have a part to play in Rowett being unwilling to change it slightly. Yeah, I mean, when I say change it, I'm not saying to go back to sort of three or five at the back again. You know, I'm happy with the back four. I think it suits us. I think defensively, I think we're, especially with Matt Lamar when he's playing well, we seem to have a good understanding defensively at the back. I'm thinking more about the midfield and attack. 
Um, I think if we could mix, I could go 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, we could even go 4-4-2, uh, four, four, but in a diamond midfielder. I was on a chat with John Goodman yesterday. We did, sorry, a little, little plug there. We did an interview with um, John Goodman. And he's talking about the old days on the Mick McCarthy. And he said, back in those days, we were very much 4-4-2. Four, four, Everyone played 4-4-2. Four, four, and it was only to the play against Swindon when Glenn Hoddle was manager. And he had a system which was a 4-4-2 four, four, formation. But the midfield four was a diamond. Well, you had a holding midfield play. You had two sort mm. of like semi-wide players that weren't really wingers. And then a player playing like the attacking midfield role behind the front two. And when he said that, I was kind of thinking about our team and thinking, that's not a bad shout, actually. You know, I remember that era with McCarthy. We had some really good um, players. We, we scored loads of goals during that sort of time. And teams didn't really know how to kind of like mark, mark us because we were playing in a kind of real weird sort of formation. It kind of seemed quite fluent. And you look at the players we've got, you could argue, you could you can go with Bradshaw and uh, Burke up front, use Burke's pace still, but literally play him on the shoulder rather than have him deep. You could even mm-hmm. play Fleming up front with Bradshaw. And then go back to the top of that diamond again. You could put um, Fleming in that diamond. You could even put Styles in that diamond. And Styles looks pretty good in that number 10 sort of role. We've seen the, the, the effort he had against um, Birmingham the other night where he had that shot. You know, it was a lovely shot, you know, um, you then got your holding midfield players. You've got your likes of your Billy Mitchells. You've got your Shackletons. You've got your Savills. Whoever you want to play there. And then on, on the side of your diamonds, you've got your box-to-box players. And again, Mitchell can do that. Savile can do that. They've got good engines. So you're kind of losing out on your wingers a little bit. But what you are doing is creating players in the attacking third. And, and they're all very difficult to man-mark. You get your full your fullbacks forward as well to give you the width you need. And just something like that, just a little tweak in the formation, just to change something up. Because at the moment, I think if we, if we go with what we're going, what we have been going for, God knows how many how many um, games now, we're just so obvious to our opposition. I think if they're looking at our team, they know what we're going to play. They know who's going to play the system we're playing, and, and we're so easy. And I get when people, other fans, say, "Oh, but it's too late to change it now. We can't change it now. This late in the season, we've got two games. We've got to stick with what, what we know." That's bullshit. Because we stick with what we what we've got. Guess what? we'll end up losing or drawing. Mm-hmm. And then people will say, oh, well, maybe we should have changed it. It's too late. At the moment, you know, it's, it's twist or bust, isn't it? I think we've got to go for it. We've got to do something different. Well, that means bringing other players, changing formation, something has to change. What Rowett can't do is go with the same formation, the same players, and expect a different result. Because I say it definition, definition of an insanity, right? Absolutely, exactly that, exactly that. I think you've got to be a bit, be a bit mental, a bit mad, and go for it, and just try something else because it ain't working at the moment. I think to touch on a couple of points, and I'll, I'll bring you both in on on a couple of things that you you said there, Joe. The first one being about Sean Hutchinson. Obviously, club captain. I love Hutchinson. I think he's been an, an, a superb servant to, to Millwall Football Club since he's joined us. Obviously, come in with a lot of injury problems, let go from Fulham and and built him his way up to, to, to club captain. But there is a significant drop-off over the last couple of weeks with him in the side. Well, perhaps more Cresswell being out of the team. One thing I've noticed, and it drives me mad, and Ben probably heard me ranting about it on Saturday at the game, Long picks the ball up, and the point of Long being in goal is that he's good with the ball at his feet, and he passes it out to the t- one of the two centre-backs and it, it goes out wide or you give it to the centre midfielders. But Cooper and Hutchinson are not comfortable enough on the ball to be able to do that. And they sort of look at each other and go, you do it, no, you do it, no, you do it. And and then it ends up with, you know, we, we get 
you know, the, the opposition go, well, hold on a minute. Neither of them really know, want the ball here. Let's let's put some pressure on. It gets lumped up the top and, and we lose the ball. Mm. Now, I don't think Rowett set us up to, to play the long ball on Saturday. I really don't think so. But because the two of them have got no confidence in their footballing ability, that's mm. all they've got. Going into the Blackpool game, if they pick up on that they need to win the game they are going to press and press and press from the front because they know that that's an area that we're struggling in would you abandon that kind of play just as in a one-off game where you know that you know our our centre-halves are uncomfortable I'll I'll come back to you Joe would you abandon that style of play because of the centre-halves well, again, I mean, the reason why he brought George, George Long, like you say, is because he's good with his feet, he's good with his distribution. But you're absolutely right. With with Hutch and Cooper at the back, you, you've got two players that are not ball-playing defenders. They're, they're non-ball-playing defenders, aren't they? They're kind of, mm-hmm. they want to get the ball, hit it long. Um, but we don't have the, the, the target man or the forwards up front we, like we used to in the old days with, with Morrison or whatever to hit the long ball too. So you're right in the sense that we don't we don't want to play through our, our back defenders. We want to kind of go long. But if you go long, we don't got Bradshaw up there. Mm. So it's it's very, very difficult, really. You know, again, with Cresswell being the side, Cresswell's a bit more comfortable on the ball. You see it quite frequently where Long used to roll the ball out to him, or even if it came to Cooper, it would go to Cresswell. And Cresswell's very, very calm. Very rarely would he he'll go long just to clear the ball. If anything, he'll, he'll try and pick a pass. Will it be to McNamara? Will it be through to you know to, to, to Fleming or whatever? He'd be looking to pick a pass or try and make something happen from the back. But you're absolutely right with, with Hutchison. What happens? Cooper passes to Hutchison. Hutchison passes to Cooper, and then Cooper will go long or Hutchison will go long. And guess what? It goes to their their team. They've got possession and they're they're attacking us again. So I think you've got to abandon that. You're absolutely right. But then if you abandon that, what's the point of having George Long? George Long's also been a bit suspect at the moment in, in, in his, his goalkeeping juice, let's be honest. Um, I And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm an advocate for getting Bart back in. You know, I know Bart's not the player he was over the last two seasons, but he can he can save us, you know, when we need him to. And I get mm-hmm. people on the fan base saying, oh, well, he hasn't played. You can't get him back in now. Have you not seen that Aldridge fella for, for, for Birmingham against us the other night? He comes off the bench, wasn't prepared for it. He's fucking probably man of the match. Mm. Now you tell me that he's played a lot of games. He's come out off the bench, stepped in without, without you know not intending to, and played well. Goalkeepers can do it. You know they're not running up and down the fucking field all day long. They're in goal. How much yeah. fitness do you need to be? You know you got you just got to be good at what you do. And and I think Bart is still good. He still he still trains. 
you know, he still plays in, in you know in, in reserve games and, and doing bits and bobs now and again. So I say, you know what, change your system. If you're gonna go long, you go long. But then what you then do is you get Bart in goal, stick Burke up front, because Burke is not bad in the air, or Fleming. Give Bradshaw a bit of help up there. You can't leave Bradshaw on his own, hit his long balls up to him and expect him to deal with it. That's not his game, you no. know. So you're absolutely right. I think you know that needs change. So we're talking about formation change, we're talking about personnel change, we're talking about tactics and, and style of play. And you're absolutely right, Steve. I think there's a lot, lot that could, could possibly be changed there. And it needs to change now because if we leave it any later, we might as well just forget about it, you know. Um, and on that point, Ben, obviously moving on, similar to what Joe had said, if you're going to change the personnel and perhaps abandon that playing out from the back, the idea is, as I say, is the two centre-halves pick one of the centre midfielders out and then it's their job to create something, drive forward, whatever it is that they're, they're asked to do. If you're going to come away from that, you probably don't need the two holding midfielders. You can go with the, the perhaps the diamond or the one holding midfielder. That would obviously see breaking up George Savile and Billy Mitchell, which obviously they work well as a pair. However, I think in a game where you need to win, do you really need to go to a team in the relegation zone to holding midfielders? And Ben, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you were to go to perhaps one, who's your one and why? That is a horrendous question. Thanks for that. Um, Joe, Joe, you can answer that after. So be prepared. I just... Player of the season, without question, and I think this is going to sound mental. My answer now, but I just pick Billy Mitchell because I still feel like he's the one for us that can tick it over more. All right, Saturday he didn't play well, but I feel like since he's come back in the side, we look, we have looked a bit more controlled. Certainly going forward, he's the one that I feel can start the attacks and pick that pass further forward while Savile's obviously adapted his game a bit more in recent years certainly this season to be that real sort of bruising midfielder I guess and the one that breaks ben, up play so Ben what about George Evans in that holding role you, you took you just you made, you made a point there someone who, who can pick a pass and, and make things happen create things Mitchell Mitchell has shown that sorry this this season that he can you know he's got an eye for a pass he can sort of slot a few little balls and start a couple of attacks up George Evans' game, despite what everyone thinks of him, and they all say he's not good enough, or he's not—he's he's a technically he's a decent player. He's probably the best passer of the ball in the club. Yeah. What about if, if you played him in the DM? Would you be comfortable playing him in that role? My my only issue with him would be his pure lack of game time. Right, with Bart, I can see it coming back in. It's probably less of an issue with a keeper. I just think with George Evans, he, it's just too much. And for him to be the only man in midfield, it's probably going to be a really tough job for him to do that. I fully get your point. Yeah, he is quite technically good. Um, but then for us to drop Billy Mitchell and Sav, that would be huge, right? I mean, would you be dropping them? We, we, we're talking about playing it in a certain position. Let's say, for example, we go for this diamond midfield formation. So we feel that probably suits us better. We haven't really got the wingers to play how, how we would want to play. You can argue you can play Savile, Mitchell, Evans, um, or Shackleton, let's say, uh, with with Fleming or Styles at the top of that diamond. I mean, I, I personally agree with you, Ben. I, I think Mitchell would be the obvious choice playing that DM role because he could break up play, 
You know, he's a, he's a clever player. He he loves receiving the ball of our defenders. You can see him coming back, demanding the ball, wanting the ball. He's never he's never walked away or, or or pointed somewhere else to pass the ball over there. He wants the ball. Give it to me. And you see him take the ball in tight spaces. He very, very loses the ball. He's very good at sort of dropping the shoulder, going one way, going the other, turning the player out and getting out, out of a difficult situation. So I'll be very comfortable playing in there. Yeah. On the diamond, on the side of the diamond, I'll have Savile, left-footed on that left side. Get him get him up and down the pitch. Get him in the box. Because Savile is, is dangerous in those attacking areas. We saw it against uh, Wigan with him getting that goal. We get him in those areas. And he did it in our first stint. He used to get forward quite a lot. On the right-hand side... I, I would say, again, if Leonard was fit, I'll, I'll pick Leonard. But at the moment, you've got Shackleton there, who's young, hungry, you know, got lots of energy, a box-to-box player, good legs. He could get up and down, get on that right side as well, you know, knee being get crosses in, you know. And at the top of that, you've got, you've got either Fleming or you've got Styles in the top of the diamond. diamond. And then I say you've got Bradshaw up with either Fleming or Burke, depending on how you want to go. Yeah, just, I think I'm if just... we're playing that, I'd, I'd love to see Shackleton in there just for yeah. his energy as well. Because I think, you know, I, I was good, I'm sure we'll come on maybe to team selection in a bit, but I think he's someone, unless there's m- not massively anything wrong that we're not seeing behind the scenes, which I'm probably thinking that there might be given his pure lack of game time, right? And, and certainly with Danny Mac's form, but. I'd like to see him in the side Friday because he is a little ball of energy and we really lack that Saturday. And again, I know we don't want to keep going back to it, but we need to, based on our last performance, Especially we need a lot of energy. Well, Ben, yeah. since we haven't got honeymoon, exactly. yeah, no absolutely. We, we lack that yeah. energy. You're absolutely spot on there. I, and I, I think we just need something else in there. And, and whilst we're saying that Billy and, and Sav are obviously been our best two players this year, probably, mm. um, I feel like we just need something else. Like we just need that bit of a, a lift more than anything else. Cause he will run around like a lunatic. And I've said it before yeah. on the show. I was doing him a bit of a disservice because he's good technically as well, but he will get in their faces. He will run around. And I, I, Joe, I really do think we have missed Honeyman. I really do. Me too. Me too. I, I think so. Obviously we're talking hypothetically of changing the system to, to a diamond, which I think with the players that we've got available is an option. Mm. Obviously Gary Rowett has never played that formation so it's quite tricky um to 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 see him doing that we'll come on to perhaps uh, who we would pick as in an 11 for for blackpool but i'm gonna we're gonna work on the assumption now we spoke about the defense we spoke about the midfield the the elephant in the room the the issue really is the the attack we're not scoring enough goals okay we might have created some chances in in other games we didn't create enough on saturday before we do a team selection and come on to a couple of other bits, working on the basis that Rowett is likely to go with the 4-2-3-1, who are your two wide players? Who's your attacking midfielder? I'm not going to ask who your striker is because I think we all know that Tom Bradshaw, well, he's the only one really, he, he is going to be. Where do you see, and it's a very difficult question, guys, and I'll come to Joe first this time. Where do you see from a left sided player, an attacking midfielder and a right-sided player, where do you see a goal coming from? Um, so again, we, we, we touched on Fleming earlier, not quite sort of come up with the uh, the goods in the last sort of few games. And again, that could be down to the player slightly, that could be lack of confidence, that could be just him being man-marked a bit more now from other, other teams. Um, I'm not convinced with Bradshaw. I mean, Bradshaw, love him, he works his nuts off, he, 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 he works tirelessly for the team. 
you put a ball in that six-yard box, you know, okay, he was unlucky with Burke's cross the other the other game against Wigan, but he he, he usually is on the end of it. He like he knows how to kind of, to get his position right, to get in those goal-scoring um, chances. The trouble is we don't play that that way often enough. We don't create enough of those clear-cut six-yard balls in, in six-yard box, sorry, for him to score these goals. So in some ways, he's kind of wasted. He's playing it in a position that he's not really his strength, let's be honest. I'll be inclined, and that sounds a bit crazy what I'm going to say here, it's a drop Bradshaw, put Fleming up front as, as a target, man, because Fleming is strong. He can hold the ball up. He's good in the air. He's got an eye for a goal. I mean, you saw the chance against Wigan where he was quite unlucky, actually. He got the ball, dropped the shoulder, outstrengthed the defender, turned him, got a left foot shot. Okay, it's starting to get the keeper, but he can do that. He can make things happen. He can hold the ball. I find when Bradshaw gets the ball, he holds it for no more than a second before he gets tackled and loses it or falls over. So I'll put Fleming there and then put Styles in that number 10 role where Fleming will be plays. Burke on the right-hand side. Um, and on the left-hand side, again, you've got different, I guess you've got different options there, but I'll be inclined to sort of bring someone like Tyler Bury back. I mean, he's been scoring goals for the under-21s. He's, he's, he's back fit now. He's back playing. He's playing with confidence. We, we we lack a bit of energy. I mean, I would say Mason Bennett would be a good cho- choice there, but we know he hasn't really got 60 minutes. He probably hasn't got 45 minutes at the moment, so it'd be very difficult to start him. But someone like Bury, who's been playing last sort of few games for the 21 he's scored three in his last four games for them, for, for Kevin Nugent's side. Um, get get him in the team. Yeah, we, we, we're going up to Blackpool here, who are bottom, it's the second bottom of the table. We need to get goals. We need to make things happen. We need someone who's going to get on the ball and run with the ball, make things happen, you know? Uh, and that's the team that I'll go with. In, in, um, in it, the question. It, it's interesting. And Ben, I'll ask you the same question in a minute. In a minute. But on the subject of Tyler Bury, both him and Romain Essay were taken off today for the under-21s at half-time. I think they were... I think that at the time they were 3-0 up at half-time, the, the Lions. Mm. So... It was an opportunity, clearly, to get SA and, and Bury minutes under their belt, mm. but to not risk them in the second half because they may be required on Friday. So it certainly looks like, I mean, I, I think it would be a shock to anyone that if SA wasn't in the squad on Friday, seeing that he's been in the last probably eight or nine match day squads. But with mm. Bury, to take him off after 45 minutes, he must be in the reckoning to, 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 to be coming back into, into the first team, into the first team squad. Um, Ben, obviously we, so we've got, uh, we've got Burke, Styles, Fleming and uh, Bury from Joe, assuming that Rao isn't going to make a change from formation and it is going to be sort of a front four. What, what front four do you think we'll see on Friday? I wasn't. I wasn't really looking forward to that because I, whilst Joe was speaking about his piece, I actually thought that's probably not a bad shout. Um, and just going back to the Bury and Essay thing, I think that almost certainly says to me that both. Well, we know Essay is going to be in the squad, right? But I would say Bury is almost certainly going to be in the squad now if he's taking him oh. off at, at forty-five. I would also lean towards that saying they're probably both not. Well, either one of them are probably not going to start, so we can probably rule that out. I. I'm struggling to get away from playing bad at Bradders up top whilst I get Joe's points totally. I just think to drop our only centre forward and our main man who's got 14 goals and we need a win is going to be a brave move. So I'm sticking with Bradders. It's the same issue that we talk about week in, week out. Certainly me and you seem to do, Steve. 
we might as well chuck all the names up in the air and just see which two names land closest next to each other and play them out wide. I, I, I don't know. I Styles, I thought, actually did all right first half last week. He was probably the one player that got on the ball the most and, and made, managed to find another red shirt. So I'd probably have to start Styles on the left. And this is going to be really uninspiring. And people are going to go, well, we've just spoke about changing it because we need to do something different. I want to be start, starting with the same front four. Um, Burke's probably been our most lively player over the last sort of four or five games. So I couldn't probably drop him. And then Fleming's just going to play in the 10. So a very, very, very uninspiring. No changes to that front four, I don't think. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to sit on the fence. I will answer the question as well. But I, I, something that I wanted to um, throw to you guys, and this is a, a genuine thought, and it's not just come off the back of what we've been discussing, but Fleming seems to be, as we say, man-marked uh, quite a bit. He's, teams are, are finally working out that he's the one that, that's going to do some damage. So teams are marking him out of the game. I would be inclined personally to start Fleming on the left and say, if you want to man-mark him, by all means, go and do it. But usually the person that man-marks is a central midfielder or a holding midfielder, which is going to draw them out of the centre because Fleming's going to be on the left-hand side the majority of the time. We've seen in-game, Rowett favours pushing him out to the left so he can cut in and shoot. So I would be tempted to, to say to Fleming, you know, it's not... We're not dropping him. He's still going to be in the first team. He's still, you know, the, the main man, if you will, the, the guy that we look for for inspiration. But say to him, give him a little bit of a different role. Put him to the left. I would then put Styles in, in the middle. I, I think that that really would be a, a really good option. I, I I really get Joe's point about Bradshaw, but I think, as, as, as you say, he's leading goal scorer. To drop him in a game you need to win, that, that would be a brave move. And I don't think... I don't think Raul would do that, and I wouldn't personally. The, the change I would make would be on the right-hand side in terms of personnel. And you're right, Ben. I think Bury and SA are likely to be on the bench having played 45 minutes, So, and I think that's the right call. And this is going to sound baffling, and the pair of you are going to look at me and go, what are you talking about? But you say I would Danny actually... Max playing ride right, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would actually go with Duncan Watmore. I would start with Duncan really? Watmore on, on the right. I would because I don't trust. I don't. Uh, you'll love this, Joe. I don't trust <laughs> Vogie anymore. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I finally, God, I finally, I finally, I'm finally in agreement with you, yeah. Joe. I, I just can't keep backing him anymore. I, I just can't. It, it's... Bring, bring it in, Steve. Come to me. Come on. Give <laughs> us a hug. It's just... Welcome, welcome to, to, the, uh, to the team. It's just it's just now to the point where it, we can't keep... There's just no defence anymore. Mm. Ollie Burke, yeah, okay. He's got his pace, but I just think someone said to me, and I can't remember who it was, there's a lack of brain. There's a lack of mm. brain there. He doesn't he doesn't fill you with confidence. I might be sort of paraphrasing Benny. He doesn't fill you with confidence. He's ever going to be able to actually do anything with the ball at his feet. He needs to be running onto it, not thinking about it and just hit it. That that seems to be, and you can't really rely on that, which then it only leaves Duncan Watmore. And it, and it might seem that I'm picking him because he's, you know, he's the last, last man standing. Type you are thing, picking him because of that, mate. <laughs> it, it, it might, it might well be, but I can't, get out of my head that in January the Middlesbrough supporters 
were genuinely disappointed to see him go. He'd scored five goals for, for Borough in between August and um, December. Obviously, at the World Cup break, he isn't a starter. We all know that. So he he scored five goals for them. So he must have had something about him. And we haven't seen the best of him in a Millwall shirt. Maybe it's uh, us, Stephen. Maybe you're right. Maybe, yeah, he's certain Middlesbrough play an attacking type of football. You know, they get forward, they get players and bodies in, in, in the box. We don't do that, do we? And maybe that's, no. you know, a disadvantage for, for, for Watmore. Maybe he has got the potential to do really, really well. But we're probably not utilising him well enough, are we? No, and 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 again, it is perhaps he's the last man standing, but he's also someone that clearly can perhaps influence a game for sixty minutes while he's on the pitch, and then you've got the option of Bury on the bench, Burke on the bench, that real express pace or essay if you need to. But I think mm. for me that the big thing is is we need to find a way in these last two games. Obviously, starting at Blackpool, we need to find a way of getting Zian Fleming involved in the game and influencing a game of football because we all know. When he's got a little bit of time on the ball, the cross mm. for Bradshaw's goal against Preston was superb. It was Which absolutely was superb. Side, wasn't it, yes, well. it was, cutting mm. in on the right. Mm. Other times in the season, I mean, he played a ball through the boggy in the Birmingham game over the top, which no other footballer, I know we took, spoke, spoke about George Evans earlier, but no, none of our attacking players could play that pass inch perfect. Mm. It was just, obviously, bogey on the end couldn't, couldn't capitalise. But, we need to find a way of getting him involved. And if teams are going to man mark him, put him out wide, put him on the fullback and, and really test. He's not the quickest we know, but he can beat players because mm. technically he's very, very good. And I, I just think we need to find a way of getting the best out of Fleming. And I think putting him to the left-hand side would, would be a, a quite a, a strong statement to say, right, okay, we are going to keep him out there, but we're going to try something a little bit different and give the opposition and make them think, hold on a minute. Fleming's not in the middle. We're, we're, what's yeah. going on here? We're, they're, they're, we're changing we're it a little bit. Exactly that. And I, th- I, I said back to my point earlier, I think every game we're so predictable now, you know, all by one or two players, mainly the wide players, the, the wingers, sorry. Uh, everyone knows what our team's going to be. You know, we, we know what our team's going to be apart from the two wide attacking players. And if you're, if you're a team playing against us, you know who's playing down the spine. You know, you, you know what a back four is going to be. You know you're going to have Mitchell and Savile in the hold of You know you're going to have Fleming in the middle and Bradshaw. Well, look, we're not, we're now to deal with them, you know. And let's oh. be honest, our, our wide attacking players ain't exactly doing much for, for us at the moment. So they're less worried about those guys, aren't they? They're, they're, they're caring and worrying more about the guys in the middle who are playing consistently every week in that position, but unfortunately not quite producing the goods because they're getting found out, aren't they? Yeah, and Look, I mean, we've we've gone for a lot of our team selection there. Um, pretty much, we, you know, we've all got similar ideas, but but different in the sense of personnel in different positions or, or perhaps formations. Realistically, and I know this is a little bit of a come down, and and I, I promise to the viewers at home, we are going to try and have a little bit of positivity in a minute. So, bear with us. Do we really see Rowett changing the formation, or? making perhaps the two, three changes in personnel that we've kind of called for, including the goalkeeper? Do we really see that? I, I, I should see. Sorry, Sorry ben, go on. Go on. <laughs> you go, mate, go on. I, I, I think that was part of my team selection because I just can't see him straying away from it. And I think that's what I've got in my head. And I know it was my team selection, so I probably should have, but... 
I would be amazed if we changed to a formation that we perhaps haven't played before. I'd be shocked if we... I, I, I just can't see him doing it. I, I can't. I know we need to. We're at the point now where nothing has worked quite catastrophically in the last few weeks. We, we need to make some changes. I, I, I just don't see him doing it personally. I, I, I can't see him, as I say, playing a formation that we perhaps haven't played before. I'm, there needs to have been something that's happened this week for him to go, I'm going to change four or five players. Do we even have the ability to do that? Possibly. And that's only going to be in the front four, right? So then when we look at it, I, I think just Bradders and, and Fleming are almost certainly going to start just because of the nature of them being top goal scorers and rightly so. So then really, what are we actually going to change? Probably only the two wide men. Um, we haven't got the ability to... We, unless you move Styles to left back, which I don't think he will because I think he'll want to start him further forward because he was probably our only good player, as I mentioned, Saturday in the first half. Um yeah, I just think our options are limited and I think they're limited to the point of what Rowett probably trusts as well. And that goes on to the Bury point, right? I mean, I know he's been injured now, but even when he wasn't, start of the year, he, he wasn't in and around the team that much. And it just screamed to me that Rowett didn't trust him. And he, he's made the same points on, on not so much with SA because he says he needs to work on his defensive work and things. And I know he's only 17, so I get it. But I just can't see him going away from tried and tested. Joe? Um, I, I think he should. I think there's you know, a formation change needed. I definitely think he should, Joe, by the way. I definitely yeah, think he should. Absolutely. Uh, a formation change needed. Change your goalkeeper. Change your players. Will he do it? No fucking chance. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you that for free now. He will go with the same formation. He'll go for long in goal. And he'll just go with... I mean, one thing... I must give him credit for is I think he's starting to kind of realise that Voggy isn't the answer. So the last sort of few games, he's kind of kept him on the bench. It just amazes me when he brings him on though. Sometimes I think so. What the fuck are you hoping for? Like it's hand, yeah, handy. He's just got his year extension, then, isn't it? Oh, God. he's <laughs> Voggy on like in the seventy-fifth minute now. As if like he's fucking bring on Cristiano Ronaldo. So like he's going to try and change the game or something for us. You know what is he going to do? Really, let's be honest. You know. Um, but, yeah, he should do all those things, Stephen, and more. But, ask your question, no, no chance. I think he's a little bit too stubborn, unfortunately. And he'll do exactly what he's done the last sort of few games. And he'll just try and stick with it and hope that we get lucky and grind out a result, you know? I think um, the, it's really sad because the point that Ben made earlier that we've spoke about so many times, and then yourself, Joe, is that we can just... It is, it is potluck what wingers he picks. He can just pick whoever he wants at the moment in the sense of, well, they don't work or we'll try this one and we'll try this one and we'll try this one. And it's the same with the subs. Voggy probably comes on because he's turning around thinking, I need to put on an attacking player. And he's looking around. And he's, he is an attacking player. It's just that's all he's got. So mm. I think I'd be very surprised, and you touched on it, Ben, that he, he had a contract extension. I'd be very surprised at, at the amount of game time that he actually gets next year. I think that's more done out of what was put into his contract rather than... And I know Rowett come out and spoke highly of him, but he's not going to turn around after... He's just signed that he's got him for another year and go, oh, he's crap, I'm not going to pick him. It's just not going to happen, is it? So he has to say the things like that to the media that make it look like it's a good move. 
he, he might well have to, though, to be honest with you, Stephen. I mean, you think about it, next season, Burke goes back, so we won't have no Burke. We don't know what's happened with Bennett, whether he'll get a, a, a new contract. The chance I probably won't, he's not playing enough games, he's always in and out injured, you know. Styles potentially goes back if we, if we don't go ahead and make, make an offer for him. Um, we're going to be very, very light, light on players, especially on attacking players uh, at the moment. So unless something yeah, massively happens over over the summer. We we bring loads of attack, attacking players. Um, he may he may feature quite a bit again next season. Sadly, the only thing I would say to that is that the squad that was built at the, in the last transfer window was for a five back. So the players that were brought in to obviously play that formation. The fact that we've come away from that, he made it perfectly clear, and it was obvious of our signings. He wasn't signing wingers. No. He wasn't he wasn't interested in having a winger whatsoever. So. I think this transfer window that might be a little bit different. We might see. We all know we need a striker, and we could probably do another hour on on our transfer policy. But we all know that. But I think if you're not going to play the five at the back, which he, he clearly won't go back to, he will look to sign wingers. Um, bringing it back to before we, we we start talking about the transfer window, we've still got a couple of games left. I'm right in saying I think are both of you travelling to Blackpool on Friday. I know Ben, yours is up in the air with. When you're going to a wedding and you've got a lot of things on it, have I got that right? Are you both, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not going now, I'm watching it on Sky Go, unfortunately. Ah, oh, so you're staying at the wedding, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a logistical nightmare, despite Chris's and even Joe's efforts to, to help me out getting up there. So, yeah, unfortunately, not Joe, so, still braving it. Well, me, yeah, me, me and Chris, uh, we, we're gonna go up there, um. I'll be honest with you. If 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 I could turn the clocks back, I probably would not not have bought a ticket and yeah, I, I fucked it off. I'm not bothered to go up there. To be honest with you, um, but there's a part of me, a small part of me that says, you know what, go up there, give you know what you can, you know, sing your heart out, shout, chant, do what you can, help the boys, you know, because um, you never know we could grind something something out there. I think they probably need us more than ever now um, to make that journey up there, and it, and it seems like a bit of a a liberty me saying that because I feel sorry for you guys to travel up there to Wigan to watch that that shower of shit and then have to travel back home again, you know, and and, and do the journey and the hours and whatnot and the money. Um to then ask you guys to do it again. I didn't do the Wigan game, but to do to you guys to do that again for Blackpool is a massive ask. But we know if we don't do the journey and and, and the guys that have been going to every away games, I mean, you know, hats off to you guys, you know. Um is if it wasn't for these guys that, that are there week in week out, God knows where we'd be at the moment. We, we'd probably be sort of hovering around sort of mid table fight relegation. Who knows? You know. So the support is important, and despite what we think, and despite how we feel at the moment about how Millwall are playing and performing, it's, it's not excusable. We, we've got to make the effort. We've got to make those journeys. And we've got to travel to give them support. Let's just hope that they reward us with a performance. You know. And just on a little bit there, the last two games I've been to have been Wigan and Hull, so maybe it's me going to the the, the away games. You might, you might get bloody win then. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Stay, stay where you are, mate. Unfortunately, due to to work, had it been on the Saturday, obviously it, would, I'd, it was though, easy for me to go, and it was easy for me to sort out. Probably would have stayed up there on the Saturday, move it to the Friday for the Sky cameras, and it just completely buggered me up. So unfortunately, it'd be um, quite pleased though, Stephen. Now. In hindsight, uh, much like yourself, Joe, a little bit of relief that I don't have a ticket because if I had a ticket, I'd be going. I wouldn't. I wouldn't not want to. But 
after Saturday, it was it was real deflating, and, and you know, going up there for the Friday, and it's it's bank holiday weekend as well. You know, it mm. it's just it's one of those where I think I'd love to go. I really would love to go work. Obviously commitments mean, mean that I can't for this one. And it's the last away game. It'd be nice to see them off away from home. And, and, mm. and look, we've spoke about where we've had problems. We've spoke about Blackpool. We spoke about formation changes, players. We have to go to Blackpool and win on Friday. There's no excuses. There's no hiding. There's no, you know, playing for a point is nothing like that. So I promised our viewers about five minutes ago that we would have a little bit of positivity on this show. And I realised it's very difficult to have a little bit of positivity. Are you going to pull out a rug out of a hat? Make, uh, make I'm, I'm going to start singing for everyone. Yeah, just I'm going to pull out a new <laughs> sign-in for us that, that, can, that can play wide right instead of Voggy or Burke. But... Stephen's <laughs> announcing he's a new head of recruitment. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Come on, football, news. What are you do? football manager would be the would be a better recruitment uh, head of recruitment than me. But no, I'm look. It's very difficult to say how there's going to be any changes, how we're going to miraculously turn into a, a Barcelona s type team. That's not going to happen. However, I genuinely believe that we got it wrong that Wigan were the team that we wanted them to come at us because at the back, they, they're a little bit more solid than perhaps what Blackpool are. I think if Blackpool come at us, which they have no real choice but to do, we have the opportunity to go there and win the game. But, and I know it's stupid because we should have the opportunity to win every game, but in our circumstances at the moment, we need a team to come at us and we need to be to have an opportunity to counter back at them. And I think we're going to get that on Friday. So I'm going to start off with a positive prediction of a 2-0 Millwall win. I think we will see another goal. I've got a feeling we're going to see another goal from George Savile. I think he's got the bit between his teeth now. I've been coming up from, from, from holding midfield. And I think we'll, we'll see Bradshaw add to his tally. So, which one of you wants to follow that with your petition? Yeah, go on, I'll go. <laughs> Mine's not going to be that positive, to be fair. Oh. Look, got, I was going to say, have you, one... if you're positive, like, we, we could be the shit sandwich. I'll be the shit in the yeah. middle. Bring everyone yeah. down. You can leave everyone on high again if you want to. It's a double-sided shit sandwich, mate. Don't okay, worry. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> we haven't won there since 2007. Their home form has actually been quite good. They've lost, albeit they've lost three out of their last four at home but prior to that they hadn't lost this side of the year until mid-March so their home form's actually been pretty good I cannot get Saturday out of my head Um, and as I said a couple of times now I just think mentally I think it would have taken a lot out of a Saturday what happened on the pitch what happened off the pitch afterwards with the fans it's going to take a massive, massive effort. And I just think it will end up being a one-all draw, which helps neither side. Sorry, Stephen. Joe? I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Um, as part of my double shit sandwich, <laughs> I'm going to have to say that... Um, <laughs> I, I, can't, I, can't, I know it sounds horrible, but I can't see us winning. I can't see us beating them. The best we can do is probably get a draw against them. If we get a draw against them and we win at home against Black, 
blackboard, which I can, I can see happening, then that, that's probably the best we can, we can aim for. My biggest worry is because the players are not playing with confidence at the moment, we go 1-0 down or something along those lines, heads might start to drop, we might start giving up a little bit. You know, Blackpool need the win. I know Wigan did as well, but we kind of feel like we've been there before. The same's going to happen again. I can see Blackburn maybe scoring two, possibly three against us. And that's my biggest worry, biggest concern. We're going to go out there. Um, you know, with no no real energy, no drive, same formation, nothing really changing, you know, uh, and end up sort of getting beat sort of 2-0, two, 2-1, two 3-1 two or something maybe, you know. Um, I'm also going to chuck something else out here, Joe. We all know our fate by half-time. And mm. I know this just again. I looked at the stats earlier. So when we've been drawing at half-time, we've gone on to lose eight of our 22 away games. Wow. We've also not won from a losing position. So basically, we have to win at half-time to stand the first chance. Yeah. Well, we, we, we're up 2-0 two, two against Luton, weren't we, uh, not so long ago? And that didn't work out too great for us Um I remember at the time, you, you know what? You mentioned a point there, Ben, earlier about the two games you went to watch away, which was Hull and Wigan. And I'll be honest with you, you know, if I was at both those games, which I wasn't, I wouldn't be too pissed off with the performance against Hull because we played really, really well that game. We created loads of chances, you know, really up for it, attacking play, lots, you know, lots of action. If we can do that against Blackpool and come away with, with, with a draw or, or a loss even... I'll say, you know what, fair play, at least we gave it everything. We, we attacked them, we went on the mm. front foot. But if we perform, you know, shit, like we did against Wigan, let's say, then there's just really no excuse. That you've got to ask the question, what the fuck's going on? Something's going on mm. behind the scenes, and is it Rowett? Is it the players? The players are not playing for Rowett. It'll open up a whole can of worms there, because I think at this stage, we've got to really, really go for it. This is our, our cup final. And that's what Rowett's going to be saying to the players. This is your, your cup final. The playoff final starts today. Forget, you know, end, end of May, 27th of May. This is your playoff final. If you want to play in the Premier League, you've got to win this game, no matter what. You know, yeah, that's totally. the mentality. That's the mindset they've got to have. They've got to believe themselves and go for it and literally rip fucking Blackpool to pieces and fucking give it everything for 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah uh, totally um, agree, mate. And just to get just on that as well, the actual bit of positivity I will shout out now is it was so uncharacteristic on Saturday of a Millwall team under Gary Rowett that I'm hoping that was just a massive blip, but a blip nonetheless, mm. because the performance against Birmingham wasn't that bad. As you said there, Joe, the performance against Hull wasn't that bad. We obviously mm. beat Preston in between. I'm hoping it was just a massive blip and we mm. revert back to type and put in a performance like if we, again, I said it on, on the Preston preview and even the preview against um Wigan, if we perform anything like we did in the Birmingham or Hull game, I know we lost 1-0 both times, but if we perform anything like that, mm. I think we will win. But, yeah. as I said, the issue is it's a massive, massive hang-up for me Saturday, and it's a bit of a hangover. And I just think that's... If we can get over that, then I think we'll be all right. But I, mm. to me, it's a big if if we can get over it. I, I was just about to call this that uh, miserable Millwall podcast because it was everything had just been deflated. But but Joe gave a little bit of resounding, you know, go out there and rip Blackpool to shreds. And Ben, you you turn it around a little bit with a little bit of positivity. So 
we're we're coming to to the end of this now. So I'm gonna um ask you any final thoughts, anything else that you'd like to add onto onto the back of the show, anything else that might give the listeners a little bit more reason to to want to travel to Blackpool and don't say the, the arcades or the ice cream or the pier. <laughs> <laughs> Could you give could Ben go first? Give a bit more time <laughs> to say. Yeah, I'll go first. Wait, that's fine. Do you know what? Out of all the doom and gloom that this week has been, and even with Saturday, as I said just a second ago, I'm I'm now just hoping it is a really big blip. Joe's done the team talk for us. Let's get that recorded and sent in to row it. Look, it is a cup final now. Stephen, you said it again in our in our Wigan review. It's an opportunity still for the players to potentially make the Premier League. I know it's a bit of a long shot now. I know we need teams to to help us out again, like they have done in recent weeks. But just give it your all. Don't leave anything out there. Just, just yeah, just, for the players, just just get revert back to type that hard working mentality of a Millwall side, a well disciplined team. We're playing a team that have we said have shipped in the most goals this year. Just go out there, lads, and leave everything on the pitch for the for the travelling fans on Friday night. Go on, Joe. Add us on to that. I couldn't say it better myself, really. As as what Ben said, um, you know, it is our cup final. We've got to look at it as our playoff final. It starts now. Let's give it everything. Let's go away with, with a win, nothing less. And, and and just just fucking give it, you know, give it everything we've got. Literally, you know, leave every ounce of energy you've got on that pitch and just go for it. That's all you could, that's all you could ask them. I think I think Mickey makes it um, quite clear that he knows that a couple of Millwall players actually listen to this, and I think it's really important for for the players, the fans, the listeners, anybody that's listening to this that us three here, the rest of the panelists, are really passionate about the football club. We just want to see the best for them, and sometimes we are a little bit downbeat or frustrated, like we have been over the last week, because we care and we want the club to succeed, and. Whilst on Saturday it didn't go to plan and there was some maybe some words and some incidents and whatnot, all of us as supporters, all of us as the At Millwall podcast, the listeners, we are behind the team 100%. We just want on Friday, as Joe said, if we lose that game, but we go out there and give it everything we've got and batter the goalkeeper and have chances and, and, and come off and say, do you know what, we couldn't have done any more. We can accept that. Just go out there and give it everything that you've got that is as as good as i think we can we can end it on um as joe alluded to earlier he's got an exciting interview coming out in case you missed it and you don't go back and listen to it he's got an interesting and very um cool interview coming out on the show we've got some other bits and pieces for you guys coming at the moment we've got chat with chaps which is a fantastic um, review after each game that's up live from from the Wigan game if you fancy being a little bit more depressed listen to mine and Ben's show from from the Wigan game uh, that's on there we've also got who are you my dad actually did the last one um, and I know Mickey hates it when I do this but if you're interested in coming on please message the pod message me and we, we can get you on um, loads of content up on on the socials and uh, also on Spotify and all other podcast providers but that's been that Millwall podcast we go into Friday. We don't know our fate at the moment as there's a couple of games uh, to be played this week. We still don't really won't know our fate after those are finished, but we go into that game needing three points to keep the dream alive. That's been that Millwall podcast. Please like and subscribe. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.